Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. A couple weeks ago, we started a new message series I'm really excited about. It's called Risen. And we are walking up to Easter with this series, and we're talking about the one event in Christianity that literally changed everything, and that is the resurrection. If Jesus had just taught and died, he would have been like every other teacher who taught and died, but he didn't. He was risen. He rose. And so we're going to talk about that leading up to it. Pastor Kenny shared a couple weeks ago about the importance of the resurrection and how, I like this line, we should be like a kid with a birthday cake. I'm still like that with birthday cake. I get really excited. People invite me to a party. I'm like, oh, I'll go. I may now I know the person, but there's cake, so I'm going to go. So, and the resurrection is like that. That's what literally changed everything. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 24 is where we're going to turn today. Luke chapter 24. If you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or your tablet, if you go to the little hamburger menu on the side, little three lines, click that, click events. All the notes are there. Even those of you online, if you're watching, you can do that. Type in our zip code, 68850, and all the notes are there. Uh, you can follow along with that. Luke chapter 24. Now, I don't do this a lot because copyrights and all that. This is a really long passage. This is where Jesus meets two disciples after the resurrection, and they're walking to the town of Emmaus. I actually found a video that illustrates this is from a movie from 1999 called The Miracle Maker. It's a claymation stop motion video. Don't groan yet. Uh, but it's, it's actually does a pretty good job of fleshing out this. So you guys online, I'm sorry I can't show the video because of copyright. I can hear, but you'll hear it. So Mike, if you want to show that video, this kind of walks through the passage as you read it. I, he was... I thought they'd taken the body. Who? Priests, Romans. But he was there, he was there in front of my eyes. The Lord. In front of me. This near. Right here. Like I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Thomas, I saw him. You're all crazy, all of you. Dreams and visions. Everyone's going mad. I'm leaving. Oh, the Lord. Oh. Oh. We have... We've seen it. Where? On the road from Jerusalem. On the road, right... Right beside us. He was with us. We didn't realize, we didn't recognize oh, him. That's because he's in your imagination, Cleopas. On the road, Thomas. Oh. We were on the way to Emmaus. To my cousin's house. The women and children had gone ahead for safety. We agreed to meet at Emmaus, hide there for a few days and travel back. As we were walking, this man came up to us. Hello. Do you mind if I join you? No. No. It uh, sounded like an interesting conversation. Some things are too terrible to explain. Oh? What things? What things? The terrible death of Jesus from Galilee? Tell me about it. Tell you? Where have you been? We believed he was a great prophet. More than that he was the chosen one, Lord. Save Israel. Oh, the Messiah. But how can the Messiah die the death of a common criminal? 
Oh, foolish men. <laughs> You're so learned. You talk of prophets. Have you never read the prophets? You talk of the Messiah. Don't you understand that he had to die? Don't you understand the, the scriptures at all? He went through the prophets and showed us. Beginning with Moses, running through everything, the whole scriptures. You must come in and eat with us. Uh, well, um, no, no, it's, it's too late to travel on, please. Oh, well, if you don't mind, I'll stay, um, I'll stay a little longer. As long as you can, please. Even then, we still didn't recognize him. Who is it, Mother? Someone uh, they met on the road. Who is it? Sir, is our honored friend. Would you... Will you do the blessing for us? I... I will have to be going soon. We understand. But, um... Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who brings forth bread from the earth. Then he was gone. Oh, Vanished. All right. Thank you. So, it's not the Prince of Egypt quality, but I think it uh, illustrates it pretty well. This is a really interesting story from Luke where the two disciples are walking on the road and Jesus shows up and explains the resurrection. He explains the Messiah with them. And so we see here that they were giving Jesus this sorrowful report. Jesus the Messiah was killed, and his body was gone. And so we see that they were sad because they were familiar with what had happened to Jesus. They were familiar with what had happened. Now, here's the interesting thing. These two guys had been in Jerusalem... And they're walking to the town of Emmaus, a small village. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were probably there when Jesus was crucified. These guys are probably there shouting when Jesus came in and had the triumphal entry that we celebrate on Palm Sunday. These men were there. They, had, they were disciples who were following Jesus. And they were talking about it. And guys, they weren't sure what to make of the events. Mandy illustrated this really well for us this morning. Sometimes when we follow Jesus, we don't understand what happens to us, do we? Sometimes things happen and we say, Lord, why on earth did this have to happen? Why am I going through this long process? Why am I going through this valley? Why am I suffering? And these guys had seen Jesus. They had seen what he was doing. And, and you see what they said. They said in uh, in the passage, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. But they were feeling hopeless and confused. They didn't understand what was going on. They said, we thought this was the man who was going to deliver us. And guess what? He was. He was right there walking with them. And they didn't recognize him. But all their hopes of Jesus as the Messiah were gone to them. All their hopes of Israel being redeemed were gone. And here's the thing. They didn't understand what he was doing, did they? We've talked about this over and over. When Jesus came, the people of Israel had been waiting on a Messiah for generations. 
Every Israel, Israelite who was a young man had been taught the scriptures. They had to memorize the Old Testament, parts of the Old Testament. They understood that God was going to raise up a prophet who was going to deliver Israel. But what were they looking for? They were looking for someone who would have a military occupation and kick the Romans out, right? They were looking for another David, a warrior. And when Jesus came, he came and taught servanthood. He came and taught sacrifice. They thought he was going to come and kick the Romans out. Jesus said, I'm here to build a bigger kingdom. And so when he died and went to the tomb, all their hopes were gone. Everything they thought Jesus was going to do was gone. But they didn't realize he had a better plan. And the scriptures say that they didn't recognize Jesus in their midst. They didn't realize that it was him there because they weren't looking for him. They weren't looking for him on the road. They thought he was still in the tomb. But then they said, wait a minute. Some of the ladies went to the tomb and he was gone. So the priest must have taken him. Somebody stole the body. And guys, how many times, let me take a little side note here. How many times have we been in the midst of a difficult situation and we didn't realize Jesus was right there with us? Anybody ever been there? You ever been in one of those things saying, Lord, how long do I have to suffer with this? And then we get on the other side and we say, oh, he was actually there with me. It could have been a lot worse. It could have gone on a lot longer. And so these two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. Jesus shows up and walks with them, and they didn't recognize him. And the scripture says that they were kept from recognizing him. The Lord kind of hit them because he wanted to do something different with them. He wanted to give them a biblical explanation. And so what Jesus did is he was walking with these guys as he explained, starting in Moses all the way through the prophets, that this was God's plan all along. Jesus explained God's plan for the kingdom to these two guys. He had to correct their ideas. He had to correct what they were thinking. And so guys, if you get anything else out of this today, I want you to understand the cross was always the plan. The cross was always God's plan. When I was younger, and I went to church, and you know, I kind of went off and on as a kid. We went with my grandparents, and I went with friends sometimes. And so I always thought God blew the plan. Do anybody ever feel like that? You know, he made the world, and then sin came, and then God had to come up with a backup plan, you know, and that was Jesus. But no, Jesus explained to these guys, the cross was the plan all through Scripture. The cross was always God's plan. And Jesus was building a bigger kingdom. Now, in the time between the book of Malachi in the Old Testament and the book of Matthew in the New Testament, it's what we call the intertestamental period, the Jews took things into their own hands. There were some revolts. You can read about it. It's pretty interesting. The Maccabean revolt, some guys got together and they tried to kick the Romans out of Israel. They were trying to bring about God's plan on their own. And Jesus meets, comes in and they say, hey, the Messiah is finally here. And then he dies on the cross. And he's put in a tomb. And then Jesus was resurrected, but they didn't understand what was happening yet. Jesus had a bigger plan. And so as he walks along, Jesus showed them the scriptural support for the coming Messiah and how he had to suffer. Jesus walks them all the way through the Old Testament and shows them this was God's plan all along. You don't have to take things into your own hands. Now, guys, we said the, the resurrection is the central piece of Christianity. The resurrection is the central point of all human nature. It's, it's the central point of all human history. 
Because without the resurrection, where would we be? Dead in our sins, right? We would be nowhere. We would be dead in our sins. But Jesus overcame death on the cross, and this was the plan all along. And guys, how many times have we had things in our own lives, and we try to, instead of going to the Lord and say, Lord, would you help me with this? We try to fix it on our own. I'm the king of this. I try to fix stuff on my own all the time. And you know what I do? I usually blow it. (laughs) I usually mess it up pretty bad. And that's what the Maccabean revolt had been. The Jews tried to kick the Romans out on their own. They tried to bring about God's kingdom on their own, and it didn't work. So as these two are walking along, Jesus walks with them. And how many of you would love to have been there as he's explaining all this? Yeah, that would have been cool. So he's explaining to these guys, this was the plan all along. This was not a backup plan. This was not an audible. You know, in, in football, if the quarterback goes to the, to the line and he sees a defense, defense lined up one way, he may call an audible. And that's where I'm going to change the play because I see what's going on. So much of my life growing up, I thought the cross was an audible. I thought God said, well, that didn't work. People are stupid. They didn't do what they're supposed to, so I'm going to fix it another way. No. All the way through Scripture, the cross was the plan, guys. And in your notes, you know, in the U version, I put a ton of verses on here that you can look up later. But I want to share a couple of these with you. Through Scripture, these are some of the things Jesus probably told these two guys on the road. In Genesis chapter 3, Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, chapter 3, three chapters in to the history of the world in the Garden of Eden. If you remember, Adam and Eve were in the garden. It was perfect. Everything was there, and this snake shows up. That's why I hate snakes, right? The snake shows up. Well, that and they're slimy. But he showed up, and they get in your house and scare you to death, or you're mowing. I hate snakes. I hate snakes. So the, the snake shows up, tempts Eve. And Adam was there. Adam should have just killed the snake and been done with it, but he didn't. So they sin. God said, there's one rule. Don't eat of this tree in the garden. And guess what they did? They ate from that tree. So they're kicked out of the garden. And this is while it's happening. The Lord shows up. They were hiding. And he says, well, you're going to be kicked out. You're going to have pain in childbirth. All the ladies said, thank you, Eve. You know? And he said, man, you're going to have to work really hard your whole life. And then he says this, I will cause hostility between you and the woman, he's talking to the snake. Between you and the woman, the, sa- the snake was Satan. And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. You know what this is? This is the very first point in Scripture where God prophesies the cross. This is the very first point in Scripture where God says, I have a plan to take sin out. The snake was what brought sin into the world. Well, Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. He tempted them. God said, you're going to strike her offspring, but he's going to crush you. You're going to hurt him on the cross, but he's going to rise from the dead, and he's going to take you out. This is the very first time in Scripture where God shows it. Again, in Genesis 49, verse, or sorry, Genesis 22, verse 18, God's telling Abraham, through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you've obeyed me. Who was the Lord talking about? Jesus, who came from the line of Abraham. He's going to bless everyone. Again, in Genesis, I'm sorry, Kathleen, I know I'm going really fast. Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. The scepter ruler will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, whom all the nations will honor. Again, in Genesis, prophesying Jesus. And in Psalm 22, 
If you have your Bibles, if you highlight in your Bible, Psalm 22, Psalms was, most of the Psalms were written by David, one of Jesus' forefathers. He is prophesying. Now look at this, guys. There were th- over a thousand prophecies in the Old Testament of Jesus. Over a thousand. They all came through, came true in Christ. You know what the odds are of that? They're insane. It's like if you went to a beach and you put a marker on one piece of sand and threw it down, and you find in that one piece, that's the odds of all these prophecies coming together in one person. Or like a tornado going through a scrapyard and a, a Boeing 737 comes out the other side. I mean, that's the odds of this. Jesus knew exactly what was happening. God had a plan all the way back. Look in Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away from me when I groan for help? My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs, and evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. This was prophesying how Jesus would die all the way back in the time of David. Tell me God didn't have a plan for salvation. The resurrection and the cross was always the plan, guys. All the way back, God had a plan for our salvation. All the way back. Isaiah chapter 52. The prophet Isaiah was prophesying what we call the suffering servant. He was writing, and he was seeing this, and he didn't know exactly what it was, but it says... Many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. He will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence. For they will see what they had not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. Again, he's talking about the Messiah coming. One last, and then I'll move on. I know this is getting long. Isaiah chapter 53, the next chapter. Listen to what... Isaiah the prophet said, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence, like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before the shears, he didn't open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering from sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. So, and then down in verse 12, he was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. 
all the way back, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied the exact way that he would die. That he would be punished for our sins. So guys, the resurrection was the point. The cross was the point of history. And so Jesus took the time to explain this biblical plan to these men. And all those verses are in your notes. You can go home and read them. It's astonishing the detail that God put into the cross. But guys, why did he do that? For us. I know some of you are in this room this morning. Some of you are watching online this morning. And you feel like nobody cares about you. You feel like nobody loves you. Look at this. Hundreds of years before he was born, God set a plan in place for Jesus to die so that you could have life. So that I could have life. Because every one of us, like the psalmist said, we've all gone our own way. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. We have a choice between right and wrong. We pick wrong. You don't believe it? Put a piece of broccoli and a chocolate chip cookie on the table. (laughs) 95% of us will take the chocolate chip cookie. Unless there's cheese on the broccoli, then, you know, then it's good. Or peanut butter. Peanut butter helps. Peanut butter makes everything good. Even hamburgers. I've lost you. But try it someday. Try peanut butter, jelly, bacon, and jalapenos on a cheeseburger. It will change your life. I'm telling you. Sorry. Back to the point. Jesus did that for you because every one of us is messed up. Every one of us has chosen the cookie over the broccoli. But he knew that we would need salvation. He loved you enough to do that. So, guys, he took the time to explain this to two men. One of them was named, the other was, his name is lost to history. Cleopas was named. The other dude is just some dude. But Jesus took the time to explain to him. And Jesus only had so long after he rose from the dead, before he ascended into heaven, he took the time to explain it to two guys. Why do you think the one guy wasn't named? I think it's because we're all that guy, right? We're all somebody. We may not be remembered, but Jesus cared enough to die for us, to die for you, to die for me. And he took time to explain it. So lastly, there was a divine reveal. So they got there, and Jesus stayed for dinner. He said, guys, I really got to go. And they said, please stay for dinner with us. And so he even took the role of host. They said, would you pray for the food? And he did. And here's the funny thing. When Jesus gives thanks for the bread, guess what happened? Suddenly they realized it was Jesus. Suddenly they realized that he was the one who was there in the room with them. But he took time to share a meal with these guys. And then the disciples' eyes were opened. Probably by divine revelation. Now some people say, well, maybe they saw the scars on his wrist when he broke the bread, like in the video that we saw. But I think they probably would have noticed that on the, while they're walking with him, right? I mean, you would think. It says that when he was talking to him, they stopped short and they talked to him. I think God revealed it to them. Now here, guys, there are two things I really want you to get out of this message today. The plan was always for the cross, was always for the resurrection to die for us. And secondly, we can all have divine revelation. God opened their eyes so that they could see that it was Jesus, and then Jesus disappeared. He revealed it to them. And so, and that word, it said their eyes were open. That's like when a baby opens his eyes for the first time. God revealed something to them open their eyes. And guys, we can all have that same revelation when we spend time in God's word. How many of you guys have ever, if you've read the Bible at all in your life, you've been reading the Bible and all of a sudden it's just like the lights come on and you see something you never noticed before? You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit illuminating the word to you. 
That's the Holy Spirit revealing something to you. And you know, I, I, so many times I say, Lord, would you just show me what you want me to do in this situation? Would you just tell me? He's saying, I have. <laughs> I've been telling you for years. And sometimes God does. Sometimes, you know, you ever had a, where a song comes on and the lights come on? Oh, wow, I never thought about that. Or someone comes up and says something to you. Yeah, that's divine revelation. God's opening your eyes. But we can have it all the time with his word, too. It is so important for us to spend time in God's word. Because he tells us everything that he wants us to do in his word. And again, when you pray, God will reveal things. Sometimes God will send a person to speak to you. Sometimes God will, will send a friend at just the right time. God will send a song or a video or something at just the right time. But you know what? God's word always speaks to us as well. And it's so important, guys, to spend time in God's word. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to pray, and then we're going to have a baptism. I'm really excited about this. We have two incredible people getting baptized this morning. Um, but... We're going to take a moment to pray here. So if you're physically able, would you stand? You guys watching at home, if you'd like to stand with us, love for you to do that. We're going to take a moment and pray here this morning. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Just shut yourself in with the Lord. Jesus, we thank you this morning for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that all throughout creation, we see that the cross was the plan because you knew we needed salvation. You knew we needed saved from our sins. You knew that we couldn't do this thing on our own. And Lord, I thank you that you had a plan. This wasn't some backup plan. This wasn't an audible at the line, but Lord, you knew all throughout history that we would need salvation and you provided that in Jesus. We thank you that his death wasn't the end, but he was resurrected. He rose from the dead and conquered death in the grave. And Jesus, we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray all across this room, everyone watching at home this morning, that you would speak to our hearts. If there was any of us here today, any of us watching at home that haven't received that gift of salvation, that haven't received that gift of forgiveness, that you would speak to us today. Because we know every one of us has messed up. Every one of us have blown it today. But you provided salvation in the cross in Jesus. And that was always the plan. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, say, you know, Pastor X, I need to ask Jesus to forgive my sins because I've never started that relationship with him. Or, or maybe at one point I did when I was younger and I've walked away. If I was really honest, I would say, I don't have a relationship with God right now, but I want that. If you just slip your hand up right where you're at, we want to pray with you right where you are. I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to ask everyone to say this prayer with me. For those who raise their hand, for those who are watching online that we can't see. But we're just going to say this prayer. And this is just a simple prayer. This is not magic. This is you asking forgiveness for your sins. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be forgiven. We'll be saved. And this begins a relationship. This isn't the whole thing. This begins a relationship with him that lasts the rest of our lives. Say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you that the cross was always the plan. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. 
come into my life. Make me new. And help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer, that your life changes at this moment, that all the old is gone and you're a brand new person. And that's exciting because every one of us has had to do that. Now, if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want God to reveal himself to me. I want to have more of his presence in my life. I want him to reveal himself to me like he did to these guys on the road, that he would speak to me and draw me close and that his word would open up to me. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just want God to, to speak to me. Yeah. Lord, I just pray for all of us this morning. You would help us to hear your voice more clearly every single day. The Lord, that you would help us as we spend time in your word, you would speak to us. As we spend time in your presence praying and worshiping, that you would help us to hear you. Lord, we want to be like these men who walk in relationship with you, even though they didn't know it. They were walking with you. Lord, we want to walk with you every single day. Lord, would you help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song while these guys are getting ready for baptism. And if you have a need this morning, you want to come to front, someone will meet you up here and pray for you. Um, So we're going to sing a song and then we'll do our baptism.